Welcome to Younger and Older. I'm Dave Wager with the leadership team of Relate365.com. And if you've been listening to this program, you realize that what we do is try and get a couple generations together around a table and have a discussion. And today I invite you to listen in on this discussion. I'm going to have it with a young man named Nate Brash. And if you've been listening at all, you realize that we've been talking about his journey through cancer. Uh, how long ago, Nate, did you get diagnosed with cancer? I was unofficially diagnosed uh, middle of December of uh, 2018. Okay. So just before Christmas. Now your your voice is a little raspy. Is that from some of the stuff that's going on? Yep. I had chemo treatment uh, this past Wednesday, and it is uh, Monday right now. Uh, it's a common side effect of the new uh, treatment that I'm getting uh, for chemo. Is just affects the voice, uh, very similar to the last uh, treatment that I was having. So what are, if I were to just outline the effects, the normal, or for you, the normal effects, when you go into chemo, what is it you can look forward to? Is it, does it happen the day you get chemo? Does it happen a day later? Does, what is the normal thing that happens? The Right after I get uh, chemo treatment, I'll start to feel a little fatigue, so a little, I'll feel a little tired. Uh, but they pump you full of uh, different medication to kind of give you a peppy up. Uh, they'll give you a, a pretty good steroid. Uh, and then usually by the next day, it kind of starts to go downhill a little bit. I do have an oral steroid that I can take, uh, which helps out with appetite and, and all. Uh, but very similar to the first time I had chemo and then this time, um, the reaction was uh, basically the same. Uh, it really took me for a loop um, by Friday. Um, so two days later? Yeah, two days later. Okay. I, I was pretty miserable. Uh, a lot of fatigue, very tired, not eating much, uh, not drinking much, just because you know, when you're nauseated, which is uh, it's probably the worst side effect uh, right. anybody can get from any drug gets right. absolutely miserable. Um, but uh, just as a result of that, you know, I'm not eating or drinking much. Uh, but with this treatment, just like the last treatment, uh, I go home with what's called a portable pump, which over 48 hours slowly administers uh, chemo. So when I went back on Friday to have that removed, uh, I uh, wound up staying at the cancer center about an additional two and a half hours. Uh, they gave me two liters of fluid, uh, some anti-nausea meds, and then a steroid. Uh, which really helps out, you know, if you kind of understand when you're trying to drink water into a stomach that right. doesn't feel very well, right. it's a lot easier to get fluids through an IV and it really does wonders to pep you up. And um, by, you know, Saturday evening, I was, my appetite was very good. And like today my appetite is great. And yeah, now I get to see you normally when you're um, feeling pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, normally when we get together and do this uh, younger, older, you're looking good, you're feeling good. Uh, I expect you to skip into the, you know, into here. But I don't think you want to see me skip. No, probably not. I don't think you want to see me skip either. Yeah. <laughs> but bottom line for for me is when when you're going through this very rough time, are you still able to focus on God's goodness, or are you angry at that time? Well, I'm very able to focus on God's goodness. It's, I'm thankful that I'm able to wake up each day and actually get out of bed. Okay. There are so many people who are uh, just their illness, they can't get out of bed. I still can do that. I can hug my kids. I can hug my wife. And there's so many people who don't have that ability because of their illness. And that's yep. all, you know, God is allowing me to be able to do that. And, yep. you know, and I find, you know, for the last, 
I would say five weeks, six weeks, I've been off of chemo and I've been feeling, you know, pretty good. I'll be honest, I laxed a little bit in my, you know, prayer life. Now that I'm back on chemo, my focus went back to, okay, praying a little bit more and, you know, it's a, kind of interesting how that goes. Yeah, when, that's interesting. I mean, I, honestly, when you look at it, there's been a lot of adjustments you've made because mm-hmm. of the illness and because of the treatment. Mm-hmm. Now, without the treatment, would you still be here right now? It's hard to say. It's uh, uh, It wasn't the oncologist that said this. This was a surgeon. Um, uh, the preliminary diagnosis uh, kind of came through a, a surgeon. Uh, he's the one that did the colonoscopy. He installed the central line and all. And uh, he made a comment, without treatment, you probably have six months. Okay. I would put a little more stock into what an oncologist says. Just That's a specialty. Right. But my oncologist has never given me a number. Yeah. At this point, I don't really want a number. Yeah, of course, it, you, you get hit by a bus, you're out of here today. Uh-huh. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And you know, a lot of the numbers that you get in you know, life expectancy, a lot of these numbers, they're five, six years old. And anybody knows the medical community, it, it changes you know, day in and day out. So there's different advances. And as you know, some of the previous programs that we've done, you know, there's some treatments that are a little more advanced, but they don't work with me which yep. I'm fine with. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. And as an older guy, I would I would suggest that you be very careful if you're listening and you're younger and you don't have experience. I'd be very careful listening to whatever a doctor or somebody says according uh, if they're trying to tell you how much years you have left mm-hmm. or how much time because only God knows that and I think he plays with those people that do that, <laughs> you know. Well, one of the biggest things and it's uh you do a little research online about high blood pressure. Yeah. It's something that, you know, is you know, my age, I'm 37 years old. It can kill you pretty, it'll, it'll kill you slowly, but when it actually does kill you, it'll kill you pretty quick. Yep. You know, and when a doctor says you have high blood pressure, you should look into that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and so many men just don't want to do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's very inconvenient for us well, and, to do. And the medication is very cheap to yep. manage it. Absolutely. It's, uh, but it's one of those things that, you know, God has given us talented men and women to help, you know, control, you know, just little idiosyncrasies of our body. Yep. You know, it seems like God wants us to live with anticipation of what's real. Mm-hmm. And the, what's real is we're going to die. That's yep. what's real. <laughs> it, there's no guarantee that we're going to live. Mm-hmm. So death is more real than life in a way. In a way. Yeah. Because then if you have Christ, obviously there is no death. You just drop this body off and get a clean one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one day that's a good deal. Those who don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, you need to contact us. You need to understand what the Bible says mm-hmm. because you don't have that hope. When I'm talking to Nate, I get to look at a guy and say, you know, either way you win. Mm-hmm. And so if you stay on this earth and, and God uses you through your illness to show the world who he is and, and he gets you, uh, you know, enough years to be able to enjoy your kids growing up and that kind of thing, wonderful, then you win. Mm-hmm. If you go right now, you win because God will take care of your wife and kids. And those who don't know Jesus don't have that. Boy, there's no, there's no hope for him whatsoever. So uh, now you've learned, and this journey through cancer has taught you um, things maybe about yourself and made you do adjustments in life. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the adjustments are just practical adjustments. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, okay, you're nauseated, so you got to lay down or whatever. Yep. I mean, those are just practical. Some of them, though, are adjustments you've made because you've realized something that you probably should have realized while you were well. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, can you um, tell me if you some of the lessons you've learned that you're talking right now to people who are absolutely I mean they got a clean bill of health from their doctor they're 30 years old they're 35 years old they have a family what did you learn so far from being sick that you wish you would have known when you were well well there's many different things there's the the practical side of you know if you're an unbeliever you want to make sure your family's financially taken care of right you know one of the things that you know you see the the aflac commercials yep all the time you know something like that is very beneficial you know i've been you know my family and i have been very fortunate and have you know we're financially doing well uh, with me being out of work but some people don't have that luxury and right. you know a policy through aflac are relatively inexpensive. It ensures that when you get a catastrophic news that you're going to have income coming in because you know, there's no way around it in the United States. You, you need money to live, Yeah, and it's there's no way around it. So one of the things that, that you would encourage people to do is look at the inevitable of actually mm-hmm. not being here one day. Now, I'll give you the other side of that because I'm 63. So all my life I've carried these large insurance policies. Mm-hmm. They're all telling me now, no more. <laughs> so I paid all my life for these things, well, and they, I haven't used them. Is it term life or whole life? Well, <laughs> even the, there was one even there was one that was paid off, and it. But I I read the fine print because all of a sudden I got a bill for it after I hit sixty. It was paid off till I hit sixty, and then you had to pay again if you wanted to keep it. And it was like, wait a minute, you know, I, for twenty years I didn't pay on this. Mm-hmm. It's a you know, $50,000 policy, so it wasn't huge. But for 20 years, I didn't pay on it. And then all of a sudden, I get a bill for it. I'm thinking, how does this work? Well, the fine print said when you turn 60, we mm-hmm. change the rules. And it, what's really interesting, honestly, though, someone my age, you know, my kids are cared for. They've got mm-hmm. full-time jobs. You know, we, you know, we're approaching the era in life where I should have some money in the bank and I should... You know, I'll have Social Security in a couple mm-hmm. of years that it is available. Actually, it's available now, but, you know, I'm waiting, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where you look at it and go, I understand the insurance thing. I was covered when I was your age. Mm-hmm. And I was uh-huh. covered to take care of my children and my family. And But now that I'm getting older, I'm still covered but differently. And I can understand. I, I wouldn't insure a guy with my health and my age uh, uh, easily. No, it would be... Uh- I could probably get a policy right now in the state that I'm in, but it would cost a lot. Right. You know, by God's grace, I was able to get a life insurance policy while I had stage four cancer. Yeah. You know, had blood work, all that stuff done, and by God's grace, I was able to get a you know a policy. Yeah. Before, in other words, before you were formally diagnosed yeah. with it, you mm-hmm. actually were doing that. Do you see that as God guiding you? Oh yeah, it's a, God had His hand in that from you know day one, and not just day one of the the official diagnosis but day one is bringing my family up to camp and prepping us you know my family you know my wife kids and all for what we're going through right now yeah you certainly correct me if i'm wrong but you're probably living in an area that it's it's less expensive to live in oh yeah so the expenses obviously in a less expensive area go down now the medical ones don't they're probably pretty standard yeah medical is going to be standard across the board but the other part of life up here uh you know we are people that do a little farming do a little hunting Mm. do a little bit of other things very simple yeah that is easier someone asked me the other day where do you go for your favorite fish fry and i said the lake (laughs) (laughs) they looked at me funny like they didn't know what i meant we go for the fresh stuff yeah i mean (laughs) 
I really don't. For some reason, uh, he said, well, what about this restaurant? I said, oh, that's for you tourists. <laughs> I mean, you can go there, but my wife and I, you know, my wife doesn't eat fish. And if I want one, I go to the lake and mm-hmm. get one, you know. And so it's kind of an interesting life that you can live pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually gone down to the lake at times here at Silver Birch Ranch uh, an hour before supper, cast it out, got a fish, went home and ate it. Mm-hmm. And you can actually do that still in America in certain places. So those that live in an urban area, you may not understand how we do things sometimes, but we call it by our area code, 715. (laughs) Well, it's just like, you know, when deer season hits, shoot a deer. Yep. One of the first things my wife and I like to get is the tenderloin or the backstrap and cut those up. Oh, that's some good eating. Yeah, there you go. You're sounding like a (laughs) 715-er. (laughs) <laughs> and and those that, that don't live in this area don't know that you can do that. Mm-hmm. But it is something that um, we can enjoy and you enjoy. So when you look at, again, one thing that you learned that I, that we would tell people in their 30s right now that they should at least consider is some kind of life insurance if they have a family. Mm-hmm. Life insurance. Or AFLAC kind of thing. Yep. You don't work for AFLAC or anything, do you? No, I do not work okay, for just, AFLAC. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> um, but the bottom line really is you're saying if – if you were to give advice to somebody that's totally healthy today, go out. If you've got a family, you're in your 30s, and I would agree with that. And I'm saying it from a guy who thinks I wasted all my insurance mm-hmm. money at this point because I really paid all those years and didn't get mm-hmm. a payout on it. But it's one of those when you did pay it and you needed it. That's right. It's It pays for itself. Absolutely. And you're glad you had it. Yeah. And, and really at a time where a loved one is going through some real – rough moments and they will you don't want finances to be part of it mm-hmm. you know that's that's one of those burdens that you can just lift off of them and say here because i love you and because i want you to be able to concentrate on relationships i'm going to make sure at least within the year or two years after my my death my going home to the lord that you have a way where you can sort things out and get it and take care of your bills. you know, mm-hmm. And I think that's really a wise thing to do. Yep. So that would be number one advice from Nate so far to you. If you're a young man, young woman, you're in your 30s, you've got people that are dependent on you, uh, it's responsible, I think, for you mm-hmm. to go ahead and look at a way to take care of them in case something happens to you. Yep. And if you think nothing will happen to you. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to rethink it. Yep. It's because a, everything is possible. Yeah, I, today we were talking about two of our friends mm-hmm. who are in some very serious condition right now in hospitals who a week ago were just fine. Yep. Things we also changed yeah. so quickly. I also read today about a young lady on, um, I forget where she was, but she died from taking too much protein powder mm-hmm. because her body didn't process it right. I forget what it was. But she was trying to be healthy and working out, and all of a sudden she died. Mm-hmm. And a surprise to everybody. And then, you know, my nephew who's 33, 35, I forget how old, he's about your age, mm-hmm. um, had a heart attack one night, and he has pulled through it, but it's really a strange situation mm-hmm. where totally healthy, worked out all the time, went to bed, had a heart attack. Pretty much the bottom line is we don't know. No, you don't. We don't know the time, the date, nothing. Now, the, the reason you say, though, now what's interesting here is I know that, that money isn't a great factor to you, but the reason you say people should be prepared for it if I'm getting this right, is because the relationships that you have, the, the people that are respon- that you're responsible for in life, 
you feel that you really should make sure there's a way for them when something happens oh, to you. Absolutely. It's, so it's relational. One of the hardest things is you know, going into this and you know, the decision I made to uh, uh, from the last program that we did is you know I'm not going to be able to return to camp just due to right. the physical demands. Right. It's it's very tough as a a male and you know as a God honoring person who wants to provide for their family and it's very difficult. But you know if there's a way that I can ease that burden, right? And so that you know my untimely passing. Yeah. they're taken care of. You know, my wife and kids don't have to worry about how are we going to pay for this? How is this going to be taken care of? Yep. That initial burden is lifted and they can go through the grieving process and move on yep. as, you know, as best as they can. Yeah, and I might suggest too that, you know, I'm from the other side of the fence. You know, Nate says, and rightfully so, that he can't return here to work because his job is such where he can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you didn't make it difficult for us either. Mm-hmm. And I think that's critical for people to realize. Nobody here at Silver Birch Ranch is, is glad that you're not coming back. Everybody wanted you back. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted you well. well. It, was a, it was one of the things that I was selfishly praying for is to be able to return to work. And everybody yeah. here wanted you back. Mm-hmm. So when it became apparent that you weren't coming back, nobody was thrilled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if someone in your position can make it even worse, mm-hmm. because then you can start throwing to the, that company or whoever you work for guilt and all. It's not like anybody's saying, oh, you know, good, he can't come back because he's sick. No, nobody did that. No. And, and it's, it, it's God, I think, preparing, you know, from when we first moved up here. You know, my wife and I constantly say we're in the best possible place to go through this. Right. Because I don't think very many employers are as accommodating going through this. Yep. You know, frankly, there's not a lot of you know Christian ministries that you know where people work for because it's just a small percentage in the workforce. But you know, it's amazing seeing the body of believers come together, and it's uh, the support system that we've had from both work, you know, our church, the community has just been incredible. Yeah, and I would suggest if you're listening and and you are the other side, like I am. And you have share at a position where you have some authority within a business or a ministry, you make sure that at least the pieces are in place in case something happens Mm -hmm. so that you can take care of people. Uh, With Nate, we actually had to go back and redo some things Mm -hmm. to make sure that they were done. Because until it happens, I'm I'm not 100% (laughs) sure you know what to do. Well, that's the... That's the unfortunate thing when you're working with a small company because it's something that just does not happen right. all that often. And yeah. you, you can't fault people for that because it's yeah. a trial by error. Yeah, and it's, it's since it's brand new, you have to walk through it lightly a little bit because you're trying to figure out. And there are emotions, whether you like it or not, on everybody's part. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's feelings. There's emotions going on. There's sickness. There's it, It's hard to think sometimes. So you got to put all those factors into place. But mm-hmm. the bottom line really is, I think the number one point that Nate's talked about so far is responsibility. You as an individual mm-hmm. should be responsible to have some kind of care for those who are depending on you. Mm-hmm. And we as a business or ministry are responsible to do what we need to do mm-hmm. to help. Uh, and we did it through disability insurances and different things that we could take out and do. And, and we were able to do that, and I'm thankful we can. It's not, uh, you know, full payment or anything, but it's something where mm-hmm. you can say, here's what we can do for this long. 
Um, we redid our, our PTO time so that people could donate some to that. And, you know, I mean, it's just been one of those things where, okay, what, what can we do differently mm-hmm. to try and, and take care of people? But at the same point, we realize, yes, there's a position here in our ministry that is now empty that we have to take care of somehow. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be resources. So I think it's a tough spot, but I think it can be a win-win if you're careful. And if both of you have an attitude like you should. The one when I, you know, it was three weeks ago, something like that, when I talked to Mike Jewell, uh, our HR guy, I told him, I don't think I'm going to be able to come back. You know, that was a decision fully on my part. Yeah. You know, we were all, you know, expecting I'd be able to get back to work. And it's a... it was a, it was good that I was off of chemo for the you know the five weeks because that allowed me to really evaluate right. where I'm at and you know now that I'm coming back into doing more chemo it's you know I'm even weaker yeah. so it's uh you know the the Bible talks a lot about wisdom and you know it's you got to do your due diligence and you know listening to those signs yep. you, know, you trust God but He's also given us His Word and there's a lot of a lot of wisdom to be had from you know the proverbs and you know trusting stuff that's already there. Yeah, if I took my hat off of president of the organization and just talked to you as a friend, I'd say, "Don't worry, because silver birch is not what takes care of you anyway." Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that sounds like I'm trying to protect something in one way, but in another way, it's no. This is what I've learned. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not this ministry that's going to be able to take care of you. It's, it's God. God that takes care of you. And anyone that thinks it's going to be the money from the ministry or whatever else to take care of you doesn't mm-hmm. understand how it actually works anyway. And God that, just works through those. That Absolutely. That doesn't give ministry leaders or business leaders a reason to not think of what they need to do responsibly. Mm-hmm. That's but, where that due diligence of yeah. using the, the resources that are already there. And if you make a mistake, correct it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, we had to correct some things along the way. And when you do that, you're realizing, okay, we just didn't think of this clearly mm-hmm. before, but now, now we are. So that's kind of a fun thing. And, and, and another thing is it's important that those who are in my position, not yours, um, realize that they need to wait for a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. because you're speculating, uh, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And it's really hard for somebody in your position to know what's going to be one month, two months, mm-hmm. three months from now. So you're right. That period where you went through off chemo mm-hmm. was a, a critical period to understand what the future would look like if you were able to return yep. back to work. And that's when the decision was ultimately made, and it was made by you first and then us confirming, okay, that's mm-hmm. probably true. But uh, once again, believe it or not, in, in a ministry or a business, there are some anxious moments where you're saying, how are we going to take care of this? Mm-hmm. And then you know the guy that we did hire to take your place for a while, he had to have knee surgery. Yeah. So now all of a sudden we have nobody <laughs> over there. And that does cause anxious moments at times for mm-hmm. anybody. Uh, but God, once again, has... He's provided. He's provided, and we're moving forward, and... And I, that's the thing that people who are well need to think about. There's a unknown going forward. You need to prepare for the unknown. And right mm-hmm. away I can hear people going, oh, right. <laughs> well, here's some things that are known about the unknown. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. Okay, what we don't know is when. Yep. You should pre- be prepared 
in case your date is today, tomorrow, a week from now, 10 years from now. You prepare with what you know is ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that that's going to happen. You don't know the date, so you can't prepare date-wise. I understand That'd that. That would be too easy. Yeah. So it, it's very interesting. Perspective is so, so interesting mm-hmm. in this. I was reading a story. I, I forget it was on some, one of the media sites. But there was a lady who was blind from birth. And uh, she was talking about um, someone saying, don't you wish you had sight for a little bit in life and you could have seen the colors? And she answered, I guess, very quietly, and I don't know the whole story, but no. And I said, why not? Because she said, the very first face I'm going to see is Jesus's. Hmm. And I thought, what a perspective. Yeah. You know, as long as I haven't seen, as long as I don't know what color looks like and I don't know what people look like and I don't know, I mean, I don't know. But imagine that the very first time this woman gets to look at something, mm-hmm. she can Christ. look at the face of God. And I thought, what a great way to look at life. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not, poor me, I'm blind. Yeah. It was, I get to look at God. I think of you, Nate, and I think, you know, the day that God says, okay, let's leave this old decrepit body, you look upon him. Mm-hmm. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. And those people that don't have that hope, that's why there's so much anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. anger, and suicide. Yep. Because you don't have that. You're relying on what you know, which is not much. No, and, and but everybody eventually realizes, <laughs> I don't know what tomorrow brings. Yeah. I don't know. I love the fact that God loves us and that he actually does know what tomorrow holds. And we, he will prepare us. Before my, my dad died, I had written a poem, and I've mentioned this before, and, um, but it's appropriate now. I, I'm not a poetry guy at all. I played football and hockey, and poetry didn't go with us. <laughs> but one day I started writing a poem. I was just overwhelmed. There were so many people that came into my life over a short period of time who um, would just experience death in their life somehow, whether it be of a small child, whether it be of a friend, and it just death was seeming to be around me all the time. And I was so overwhelmed by it one day, I started writing a poem. I just started writing it. And it, I couldn't finish it. And I got frustrated because I couldn't finish the poem. So I, I threw the poem in a, in a backpack, or I forget what I carried, and I had to go to Chicago for a, a board meeting. And while we were in Chicago, we had the board meeting at my dad's church, and he was a pastor. And I remember sitting listening to him one uh, Sunday morning, and when he got finished, I thought, not bad. You know I mean? He's a pretty good preacher. Now, of course, I'm his son, so you, I've heard him <laughs> preach like a billion times, and to have me say not bad was a good <laughs> message. But he had some, a certain kind of uh, grandfatherliness about him, a certain kind of power. And he, he didn't go to church that night, and I was staying at my in-laws, so I wasn't around. And What was interesting is that the, the Monday after that, he died of a heart attack, and I went and I finished that poem. <laughs> And I thought, you know what, God, thank you so much for preparing me for a time that I didn't think I could ever go through, but you prepared me. Mm-hmm. For those listening, if you are not prepared to meet God, there's no reason for you to live that way. You can be prepared. The Bible's very clear that God loves you, that he sent his son Jesus to die for you, and that your sins are paid for, and you could be in God's family. And you can have the same hope Nate does. We appreciate that uh, you spent some time listening to Younger Older today. I'm Dave Wager with Nate Brash, and we're 
Doing the program, young or older, from the studios at Relate365.com. It's a division of Silver Birch Ranch, and we really are on the campus of the beautiful Nicolay Bible Institute. Goodbye for now.